Ah, <laughs> yes, it is the summertime. So you know what that means? It is our summertime soapbox special. Yeah. So we got a bunch of soapboxes for y'all to enjoy some compilations from previous episodes. So enjoy the summer. We're taking a break for this summer. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy your summer, people. Right now, we do not have not one single black community in America. Mm-hmm. Not one. You, it's impossible for you to play as, as a community. means you got a team. People got mutual understandings, interests, and, and direction and plans. You don't have a, You have not one black community in America. All you got are black neighborhoods. A neighborhood is where you eat and sleep. A hotel is a neighborhood. A neighborhood is like having a bucket with holes in it. You pour in water and it runs out. It has no effect. And in some of these neighborhoods, it's gotten so bad now, they're not even neighborhoods anymore. The crime has gotten so high, they ran the neighbor out. All you got left is a hood. That's right. That's why they call it the hood. Nothing left in there. They don't have any communities. They have a community. You must have three elements to be, make a community, qualify as a community. You must have a wholly independent economic structure that can produce jobs, services, goods, products, and resources for your own people. Two, the second thing you must have in there, you must have a code of conduct saying this is how we're going to behave. Here's how we're going to love and support each other. Here's how I'm going to get, get along. Here's why when I go to the breakfast club, I'm going to love and respect those blacks on there, appreciate them, mm-hmm. care about them, protect them. And lastly, you must have politicians elected to office who will represent you first and foremost. You don't put black folk in public office that will look out for everybody else before they look out for you. If you don't have those three things, you don't have a community. Now, you've got to go back in that community and do what I told you in my books. You must build a five-story building. Once you get a community, that's your platform. That's your baseline it's because you've got turf and territory. It's like building a house. Mm-hmm. Now you've got something situated on. You can't build a house with nothing. You got to have, it has to be structured on something. And once you've got that foundation, that community, now the first thing you work on is economics. You started practicing group economics in a vertical order, practicing group economics, making your money bounce in your own community eight to 12 times before it leaves, spending your money with your own people first, buy from your own people first. That, so you get an economy going in your community, for buying your own people's products, service, and goods, like you do in Chinatown, any other town, Mexican town. And once you get that economy going, then once you, then you get the profits coming, the resources, the money coming in from your from your economy, then you go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. Our people got that backwards. They want to get into politics before they get an economy. Backwards as hell. You won't make it. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you, you want, the politics is the second floor. I learned that before I ran campaigns when I was in the office of two presidents. Okay, it won't work. You build, you get a politics at the second floor. And don't worry about voting. Voting is immaterial. Voting is a game. It's a form of entertainment. So when you when you get to the second floor, you take the money that you get from the first floor and you buy the second floor. You buy every politician. You buy every politician with the money you made on the first floor. So should we vote at all? I'll tell you that in one second. Okay. If, you got, if you got enough money, if you haven't got enough money to buy them, then you rent or lease them, okay? So you can get what you want. Make them do what you want to do. And then, then you make those politicians then go to the third floor. The third floor is your political, it is your court system, your police system. Mm-hmm. And make those politicians on the third, second floor control the politicians who quit shooting black kids on the street mm. and mistreating and cat and beating black folk. Mm-hmm. You control the court system so they won't be getting, getting 40 years in jail for, for marijuana and all that kind of stuff. You got it. So your, your second floor controls your third floor, your courts, controls your judges and stuff. That's what I'm talking about with Trump and all that. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth floor. What you get into, you get into, you get in is media. You take your money off the first floor and you buy media. You got about 12,000 radio stations in the United States. Black folks, out of 12,000, black folks that own a major portion, at least 15% of them. You got, you got 12,000 12, cable systems. Blacks don't own it, basically none of them, Holly. You have 5,000 daily newspapers. They don't own a damn daily newspaper. You got 5,000 TV stations. Blacks might own one someplace or two of the best. You don't own, uh, you, in other words, black folk own 35,000 of 1% in media. Mm-hmm. You don't own media, you can't communicate, you can't organize, you can't motivate. And so, so you got it, so, that, so that's the structure. 
If you want to play, if you want to build your wealth and power, that's how you do it. What was the fifth, the fifth, fifth floor? I think I might have missed that. Oh, you I said, missed it. Oh, you said economics, politics, politicians, media, education, the top. Education. education. All right. And again, the fifth floor was education. And here again, I, I, based on my collective experiences, I got hell. I got six college degrees, and and been all been in all levels of government, from the highest to the lowest, international politics, head of trade missions of third world countries. I said, black folks should understand education is the last thing. Education is a tool, just like a hammer and a saw. But you got you got to have an economy to be able to use it. That's why these black kids go get a damn degree. They can't get a job in the black community. They got to go go back to a white community, somebody else's community, to somebody else's business, and ask for a job. And once you do that, white people place the value on your, what your education is worth. Mm. That's why I can go past McDonald's and Burger King, got black kids in there with master's degrees, mm. mopping floors mm-hmm. and working as clerks with mm-hmm. degrees, high school, college degrees, in Burger Kings and McDonald's, you understand know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they got they got master's degrees, but they mastered nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, because because we don't have an economy, see, when a kid graduates from school, the first thing you do, he should be able to go back to his own community and start building businesses and industries. Community and start building businesses and industries and drawing money in. Now you just heard it. That man broke it down. Uh, hope you all go ahead and pick up his book. Because that's one of the things that is lacking. There's no truly any black communities. We have so many white, Caucasian, if you will, communities. We have Jewish communities. We have um, Little Tokyo, Saigon, some, several different Asian communities. We even have Latino or Mexican communities. But how many black communities are there in the United States? And that's very important. It's not like we did not have them before. We've had them at a time where if you look up some of the stories, some of the most of the man-made lakes in the United States were developed or created because they were thriving black communities that were people were, were white people washed them away literally. Look it up. So many lakes. Look up the history of those lakes and why they're named what they're named and what's at the bottom of those lakes. So they call it the trap because the system that was set up for those to think there's only one way to make it out. And based upon the system, how they have uh, the poverty rate is in those communities. Those same tax dollars, which there's not a lot of tax dollars being paid into those communities, they use those small bit of funds to fund those schools, those aged books, and most of the teachers who do not want to be there. For the kids looking for a way out. And instead of trying to build it up, they don't see another way out. They think all they can do is play sports or sell drugs. Because by any means necessary, people are going to do what they have to do to support their family. So I get that. And when you're at the bottom of the barrel and you're scratching for every little bit, once again, you go by any means necessary. Just like the gangsters did back in the days, the Italian gangsters, they killed one another just as much. They wore the fancy suits, but they still killed one another. The Irish did it as well in this country. The Latin community, too. Don't get it twisted. Especially during the 80s and the drug wars. You go to the East Coast. Go to Miami. It's been done in all the communities. The difference between us, I should say us, the difference between African Americans or black communities and theirs is that that population is not growing as fast. The most mortality deaths when given birth belongs to the black community. The most to be killed by percentage at the hands of the police is in the black community. And people want to say there's no black on black crime because everyone hurts everyone in their own neighborhoods. I get that. That's not a fallacy. It's not false stretched. However, the disproportionate rate. See, we have to get to a point to where we value our lives. 
And I'm going to keep drumming this point home that people want to say black lives matter and then the blue lives matter and all lives matter. And I continue to say, does it matter to us? Because in other communities, they found other ways to build up their infrastructure. And if you notice when this man was breaking it down, the last thing was education. The last thing. At the very beginning, talking about owning property, you know, politics, and putting together the government that way, banking system, all those different things. And that's how you build it up. But the first thing you must do is not bring down a property value by tagging the walls and killing each other over street corners that are named after white people, ones that you do not own. Just the other day, um, because some rival gang uh, was disrespecting the memory of Nipsey Hussle, while he was live on IG, he was killed in his girlfriend's parking lot out there in Hawthorne. For what? The cycle continues. You can say a few words and get killed that easily. Remember when I played you the track of a nigga moment? stepped on someone else's shoes on the on the show boondocks and all right war for basic stuff you could sleep with someone's girl and they'll kill you you could disrespect someone's legacy and they'll kill you we will kill you for pretty much anything what's the value of a black life if it doesn't value if we don't value it we must value it first we must fight to protect our own lives against the police what happened to us patrolling the police like the Black Panthers used to. The value of a black life, what does it matter? What does it really matter? Because Chauvin, people were cheering about that. But he may not do more than 10 years when it's all said and done. So what does it truly value? And that's because the whole world was watching. So who values it? If we continue to kill each other, the way that we kill each other, do the Jews do that? they do that in the Asian communities see these are the communities that are above ours yes we have our millionaires and now billionaires too but the problem with that if you're not a LeBron James or Oprah Winfrey or Jay-Z or P. Diddy Tyler Perry you could be just another nigga in a suit they don't know who you are and they can lock you up really quick because when they see you they just see another threat when I see you, I see another threat. Why Why is it that when I go back home, when I visit, I got to look over my shoulders and like make sure I'm in the right place at the right time? Uh-oh, I got my Dodgers cap on. Am I in an area where I can't wear a Dodgers cap? Am I in Compton or in Bompton? I don't know. Which one am I in today? What side of the tracks am I on? Oh, I can't wear my blue cap. Uh-oh, I got on blue shoes. Oh, I got on blue jeans. What kind of bull crap is that, man? That's why I believe it's important to have the race-based theory. People think, other people think that it's going to drive the country apart. Telling the truth to drive the country apart? Or should it bring us closer together? Because by only knowing one's history, can some take pride or take some form of accountability on the other side? allow our black boys and girls to grow up with a sense of pride and understanding of what they came from and where how far they need to go allow those to others to see there is true evil that developed this country but that's not going to make them hate themselves that's not going to make black people say well i hate you tim or i hate you john because your ancestors killed my ancestors that's not how that works so what is it really about you're trying to erase someone's history because if, like I said before, if you do not know where you come from, you never know where you're going. So this all seems like to be a plot. And you know how they do that when it's something that's on television. That's another thing they talk about the media. Another thing on television is there. They want to show you what they want to show you. There's shows that got several Emmy nominations like, um, what was that? Uh, Lovecraft Country, but it only made it one season. 
They were teaching you too much race-based theory. What about The Watchmen? Remember The Watchmen? Both of these were on HBO. They were going deep about the um, the massacres in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they, te- they find ways to enshroud it so it, they can cloak the information. But once the people at the stations can see what it's really about, it's, oh, it's too much facts in that. Race-based theory. We can't watch that anymore. It's heavily nominated show. Where you would keep other shows on that have that make no sense, that have no contextual value. Like I love this show. I just started watching it recently. Hi, my name is Dave or Dave on on, on uh, Hulu. Hilarious. I just saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on there with Lil Dicky. Funny show. That show's gonna stay on for a while because it's not teaching you anything. It's just funny. It's gonna happen. And it's all methodical. It's all methodical. Got to pay attention what they're teaching our kids. Got to pay attention to what we consume ourselves. Pay attention to what's being pushed and pay attention to what's being censored. Because all these different things is how the machine can control us. We got to make sure that we're cognizant to make sure we're no longer controlled. We got to make sure we're diligent to make sure that we can do what's best for ourselves moving forward. Sit down, turn off the TV, read some more, get some information, have some self-worth, some self-pride so we can do better for our children moving forward. Take one of these brothers off the street one by one and sit down and talk to them. Explain to them where they come from and where they can be going if they just sit back and think for a minute before they pick up a gun and pull that trigger understand that the man who looks just like him is his brother and thou shalt not kill your brother these are the things that are important these are the things we need to do to build up our community so we can have some form of power in this nation and take some of this wealth that we develop in this nation and go back home and enrich the place that's been deplenished until next time We do not own the rights to this music. Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Yo, Dre, you've been doing all this dope producing. You had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Do. My behavior is hereditary, but my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube because he said it get funky when you got a subject and a predicate. Add it on a dope beat and it'll make you think. Some suckers just tickle me, pink to my stomach because they don't flow like this one. You know what? I won't hesitate to this one or two before I'm through, so don't try to sing this. Some drop science, well, I'm dropping English, even if yellow makes it a cappella. I still express you, I don't smoke weed or sex. It's known to give a brother brain damage And brain damage on the mic don't manage Nothing but making a sucker and you equal Don't be another sequel Ice Cube It's not for the pop chart So where should a brother like you Start expressing yourself, my boy And show you how your track what up? Drop English right about now Getting back to the PG, that's programmed, and it's easy. Dre is back, new jacks are made hollow. Expressing ain't the subject because they like to follow the words, the style, the trend. The records I spin again and again and again. Yo, you're on the other end. Watch your brother blend. Dope rhymes with no help. There's no fessing or guessing while I'm expressing myself. It's crazy to see people be what society wants them to be, but not me. Ruthless is the way to go, they know. Others say rhymes which fail to be original. Or they kill where the hip hop starts. Forget about the ghetto, the rap for the pop charts. Though some musicians cuss at home, they're scared to use profanity when up on the microphone. Yeah, they won't react.
exaggerate a little fiction Some say no to drugs and take a stand But after the show, they go looking for the dope man Or they ban my group from the radio Here in WA and say hell no But you know it ain't all about wealth As long as you make a no to Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562 562- PDA 7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, all right. You already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's a happy birthday. So let's go. Aquaman, Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa, turns 43 this week. And from the WWE, Austin Fury turns 25. From the NBA, the Washington Wizards, Kristaps Porzingis turns 27 this week. And Coolio, Coolio turns 59. Soccer star for Barcelona, Gavi turns 18 this week. And for B2K, Marcus Houston turns 41. NBA legend Patrick Ewing turns 60 this week. And from all of us, the Daddy Daycare, Kamani Griffin turns 24. TV 12, TV 12, you call him the GOAT, I say he's somebody else. Tom Brady turns 45 this week. And the Admiral, David Robinson turns 57. From the NBA's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes turns 21 this week. And Marcus Stewart turns 81 herself from the baseball MLB. Adam Jones turns 37 this weekend. Will Smith from Bel Air, the new hit series Bel Air. Jabari Banks turns 24. Michael Eady turns 49 this weekend. Skyler Diggins Smith turns 32. Tony Bennett turns 96 this week. And Silent Bob himself, Kevin Smith, turns 52. He want to make you cha-cha. Rappers, D-R-A-M, Drum turns 34 this week. And Olympic swimmer, Ryan Lockie turns 38. Todd Gurley from the NFL turns 28 this week. And from This Is Us, Isaiah Washington turns 59. Rich Dollar himself, Mr. Creeps, what? He turns 47 this week. And Bobby Schmurter turns 28. From Lost in Hawaii 5 Daniel Day, Kim turns 54 this week. And Ant-Man from the NBA, Anthony Edwards turns 21. From NASCAR, Jeff Gordon turns 51 this week. And from Grey's Anatomy, Jesse Williams turns 41. She is the queen of the dance hall. Spice turns 40 this week, and rapper Lil Gotti turns 23. From Hit Tiger, um, from Crouching Tiger, Hitting Dragon, and Sang Chi, Michelle Ye turns 16 this week. And finally, Lady Lux herself, Karen Stafford turns 43. 
we have some honorable mentions. Wes Craven. Wes Craven passed away 2015, would have been 83 this week. Louis Armstrong, that is the legendary jazz and blues trumpet player. Louis Armstrong passed away 1971, would have been 121 this week. Wow, that would have been strong. And Neil Armstrong, legendary astronaut, passed away 2012, would have been 92 this week. And finally, ha, 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 Lucy, from I Love Lucy herself, Lucille Ball, passed away 1989, would have been 111 this week. Well, that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Tell us about your father. Why don't you tell us something about your father? We're trying to get to know each other, Mr. Lowe. I was trying to get to know you, Mr. Tolson. Well, I'm not the one on the debate team. Are we not engaged in a debate right now? All right. I'll take the affirmative. Take the meanest, most restless nigger. Strip him of his clothes in front of the remaining male niggers, female niggers, and nigger infants. Tar and feather him. Tie each leg to a horse facing in opposite direction, set him on fire, and beat both horses until they tear him apart in front of the male, female, and nigger infants. Bullwhip and beat the remaining nigger males within an inch of their life. Do not kill them, but put the fear of God in them, for they can be useful for future breeding. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. No one? He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. The word lynching came from his last name. His methods were very simple, but they were diabolical. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body Take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. Because obviously, you have lost it. That's all you need to know about me, Mr. Lowe. The song choice this week was Tennessee by Arrested Development. Classic tune. I know you guys haven't heard that in a long time. Some of you listeners, that might have been your first time hearing it, but it was a, it was a really good tune several years ago. Um, they had a couple other hits, but that was their most notable one. Tennessee and you have to listen to it several times to hear the deeper meaning behind it and that's kind of where we're going we're gonna go down history as you just heard an excerpt from the movie the debaters where um, that was an excerpt a scene from uh, Denzel everyone knows his voice Denzel Washington and explaining about the history of the treachery and the ways of controlling of the slaves it's not just in America but just in this area of the world the Willie Lynch and how they used to try to destroy the mind to destroy the mind of the Negro slave to get them to be workers and to get them to be afraid even though they knew they were the many they didn't get to understand until the times of Nat Turner and you guys got to research him as well to rebel against them until the times of Haiti as they fought for their freedom as they got to get together and figure out and understand that, wow, wait a minute. They don't have any power over us. But over time, over time again, what they do is to try to destroy the mind, making it hard to vote in times like these. Um, back in the civil rights era, when they sicken the dogs and the water hoses and they continue to kill your leaders because they want to control your mind. They want to deter you to fight 
for what is God-given. Just your right to survive on an equal playing field in society. We continue to run around in this rat race and we continue to turn on each other before we even look and see who the true enemy is. And forgive me, I, I have trust issues. I, I may not trust you guys, whether it's them or even the ones who look like me, because you have those people they call Uncle Toms, want to appease their master. So they may come looking like you and dress like you, but all the while they wish nothing but bad things upon you. So then what do you do? Keep the body, control the mind. Keep the body, control the mind. Other ways you can control the mind is with the media. The media that goes out and, and pushes a certain image to people about different people or different things. To pump fear into you about different things that could be happening all around you. Crime levels are high. And who creates the crimes? Who are the, who are the criminals? You had a former president who used to say things like fake news. When the narrative didn't fit his agenda, it's fake. And people believe it. People believe it in what he said. Followed him like a cult. They believed it. There's not just him. There's so many, many, many others. How many of you, when you're walking down the street and you see someone, maybe have baggy clothes or tattoos and earrings, and you cross the other side of the street, or you clench your purse, or you look them up and down, you stare at them. Because what's been told to you, what's been taught to you, that person is dangerous. Maybe that's just the way they want to express themselves. But you're sitting there walking by that person clutching your purse, it's the man in a suit stealing money from your account. White collar crime is what they call it. Some of the most dangerous people you'll see or come across because they do with a smile and behind your back you don't look at them as a threat some of you don't even love yourselves enough to change your own diets they pump all these commercials and put all these different drugs and stuff in these foods where we don't even have the ability to take care of ourselves and cook for ourselves anymore Eating foods was pumped up full of things that give us cancers and things of that nature. But with the media, they control the mind. Controlling the mind. And also killing the body. The things about Willie Lynch, that's not even being taught today. How many people do not even know who he is. And because of things like this, because they continually happen to this day. They have people having different fits where they don't want the stuff taught in their schools. They want you to forget. We just had the anniversary for the uh, massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Black Wall Street. And there's people, three, three still survivors to this day, who still have not been served the reparations, not even the insurance payouts from losing their businesses, their family businesses. So you won't acknowledge it, but you won't even pay the people what they lost. Give them back the properties that was taken from them. Because we know that's the easiest way of getting of transitioning generational wealth. Owning land in this country. Many of them were robbed that opportunity. Hundreds of businesses, millions of dollars gone up in smoke for what? You say pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, but then even when they do that, they kill them off anyway. Different tactics, but they don't want you to learn these different things. You can't even Google things these days because not everything on the internet is correct. You have to go into a book and find it yourselves. Go into a local library. They're still, they still exist. They're still there. There's nothing wrong with getting an actual book, opening it, and reading it. The best of place to keep information from an ignorant person is in a book. Because they won't seek for it, especially in days like today when everything is digital. And you feel like all the information is at your fingertips. And most of the time it is. But right now you're all allowing your minds to be controlled by the system that's going to keep you in this position as long as they can but it doesn't have to be that way you all have the ability to unlock your minds and to see what's right before you that we all are together in this fight all in together in this race called life and we all want the same things 
We want to do what's best for ourselves and inevitably our children. And when I'm gonna get to children, I'm gonna speak to my people right now. When I speak about generational wealth, we have to change what's being pumped to us and this hip hop generation where everyone has all the flashy jewelry and the chains and the, and, and the automobiles. See what you're doing when you do that. And, you, and, and how many of these NBA, NFL players and rappers end up broke when it's all said and done? Because they were never taught how to build and generate generational wealth as Nipsey tried to teach and then they killed him. They're trying to teach you how to build for your future. You have to be a little selfless and stop being so selfish because when you spend this money and you waste this money on these flashy things that you cannot take with you, you're actually spending the dividends from your offspring's future. Let me give you an example. You want to have that, let's not go to the flashy diamonds and whatever that, you know, you want to go ahead and get you that, that Bentley. Oh, you want that new Mercedes. Oh yeah, you want that Cadillac. You know, the, you want these different flashy things that don't really mean anything. You could barely afford it. And you're gonna spend 500, 600, $700 a month and you're barely getting by on it. Why couldn't you just purchase, save up a little bit, purchase a little Honda Civic, Honda Accord, Camry, cash. And take that same money and invest it in your child's future. Rather it's education, Rather, it's, um, you know, what we're doing for our daughter right now, we put money aside for her education, right? But we still want to teach her and hopefully she gets some form of a scholarship for free, that's free money. So now you go to school for free. One of our cousins did this. And the money she had away for college, she used that to buy her first property. Generational wealth. And that property she could pass on to her children. She could do other things with it. Some of us want to be entrepreneurs and have a business that we can pass on to our children and let that business pay for our retirement. And even if our children don't want to work in that business, they can use the money, the equity from that business to purchase their own business. They can have a business on top of a business, on top of a business, on top of a business, generational wealth. Sometimes you have to sacrifice the things that you may want today for a brighter future for your children tomorrow. How many of us have life insurance? A lot of ways of transitioning generational wealth that other cultures have done is having a life insurance policy for hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars, knowing that they can never see that money. That's one of the most unselfish things that you can do is purchasing life insurance to make sure that your family is well off just in case of untimely death. Use that money to generate, to have generational wealth. Something we have to do, we have to change the way we think. We have to change the way we eat, take care of the body and take care of the mind. It's time to push forward and do things that will enrich the future. Until next time. We do not own the rights to this music. Leave it alone when you walk back.
when you hit it. I'm coming, but I don't like drama, so I stay to myself. Keep focused with this rap and pray for the wealth. I want the money. Give me the honeys with big. Smoke spread the champagne, you got big glasses. I'm drunk, so I'm a bastard. Head wide open. Begging me to stop, but at least he died hoping. Didn't get his wish, now he's a dish for the pack. Two glowing red eyes, everything else black. I've been eating long enough now, stop being greedy. Just keep it real, partner. Give to the needy. Ribs are touching, so don't make me wait. Go round and I'm gonna bite you and snatch the plate. I've been eating long enough now, stop being greedy. Just keep it real, partner. Give to the needy. Ribs are touching, so don't make me wait. Go round and I'm gonna bite you and snatch the plate. When the sun is up, the is up on the shelf. And all the runners up are thanking me for their help. Hoping that they're not around when it gets dark outside. Sun's going down, you hear the bark outside. Locks off the cage, gauge with the. personal stake in his success. Every time he did something, it made me feel inspired and really good. And he was always real nice to me. He'd sit me down, what's going on with you, baby boy? What, what? We'd talk about comedy, whatever. And, uh, you know, when we did Blue Streak, we were promoting it, you know, and Martin had a stroke. He almost died. And then after that, I saw him, and I was like, oh, my God, Martin, are you okay? And he said, I got the best sleep I ever got in my life. That's how tough he is. So let me ask you this. What is happening in Hollywood that a guy that tough will be on the street waving a gun, screaming, they are trying to kill me? Yeah. What's going on? Why is Dave Chappelle going to Africa? Why does Mariah Carey make a $100 million deal and take clothes off on TRL? A weak person cannot get to sit here and talk to you. Ain't no weak people talking to you. So what is happening in Hollywood? Nobody knows. The worst thing to call somebody is crazy, is dismissive. I don't understand this person, so they're crazy. That's bullshit. These people are not crazy. They're strong people. Maybe the environment is a little sick. Earlier in the show, we spoke about <clears throat> players, presumably uh, A.B., Antonio Brown, and his situation, and um, what he did on the field this past Sunday, and then what he continued to do after that as well. Um, and we could go through all the different stuff. And we mentioned CTE and stuff like that. But then we even spoke a little bit about Kevin Porter Jr. and um, what he's been dealing with. And what I don't want to get mistaken through all this is that um, these are all signs of mental health issues. And people want to say these are entitled athletes. These are this, these are that. And back in my day, and this was that, and I understand that. But back in the day, people had different opioids or different alcohol things to kind of quench those uh, anxieties, quench those things speaking to them in their minds, things that were possibly plaguing them. And these are all signs or cries for help. Rather it be 
the differences with the different, I say, spirits in the world, when you have social media that attacks you at different levels, when you have different uh, social norms, when we're we're living in a completely different mindset, mind space, where there's so much information that's being pumped into you, where you, all it does is just goes into your spirit. And if you're not have the the shield to to protect yourself from it, then of course mental health issues will be at a heightened level. Not to mention all the different chemicals and stuff that we put into our foods and all the different vaccinations and things we pump into our bodies that can make a metabolical change inside of our minds and body. You see people, this is something I'm gonna stick on. This is something I'm gonna harp on because of the fact that I too am one of these people. I too am someone who have dealt with these things for many, many years. I too was in an occupation that enabled me to be who I was and who I'm still recovering from. This is a daily thing, people. Back in my profession, people who know me, people listening right now who worked with me back in the day, or recall times when I would just blow up on the showroom floor they even make jokes about me back in the day when I went off and I was going ballistic over something. I was throwing my shoes at the, in the car wash. They're like, dude, this dude is crazy. What's wrong with this dude? And I just had a reflection back. I was taking a client to a Nissan store to look at a vehicle recently. We were comparing a lot of different um, models and Cerritos is the perfect place to go and compare because there's the largest auto mall in the world. So took my client down there, and as I'm walking through, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go see my buddy. He works over there. He's one of the managers down there, um, Billy. The, shout out Billy Frazier. He's there now. But I was down there, and I had, and they remodeled the whole store, but I had a, a moment. I had a flashback. Years ago in my 20s, I was following up with the client. I'm going to skip to all the major points because I can't even remember all the details. I'm just give you the major points. And um, the setup is this. In the car business back then, I don't know how it is now, but back then you had a sales associate and now they call them product specialists. We had a sales associate. Then you had an ASM, which is your assistant sales manager, who's the, who you guys would call the closer or the hammer, the guy who comes in after that salesman uh, to close the deal. And then there was a sales manager. That's the guy on the desk in the tower. Back then, he used to have towers, guys in elevated places. It was it was a whole thing set up there for psychological reasons, actually. But they had a sales manager at the tower sitting up there just on his computer doing all the different stuff, computerizing, compartmentalizing, or whatever, the numbers, right? And the ASM would go back and forth to, to get the numbers from them. The mysterious man who makes all the decisions, right? All right, everybody hates it, okay? So, following up with this lady for a while, she comes in with her boyfriend or fiance, doesn't matter, with another man. And, um, you know, her and I were good. We were almost done with the deal. Then he starts, you know, we call it the third basin, third baseman, putting his own whatever in there, messing up the deals, for at least for me. And then my ASN comes in, tries to close them, and he came out with, you know, with one scenario, and the guy was like, nope, that's okay. Now we're out of here. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So now me, being a young, we call him green, green pea, green salesman, chasing him down, hey, wait. What, what's going on? Uh, I thought we had a deal. Um, what's happening? Oh, what can I do? And then they're just walking. She's like, I'm sorry. He's pulling her along. They get in the car. And I'm sitting here, still green, still begging, like trying to figure out what happened. Right? And then, <laughs> and everyone's standing up front. You know, how you go to the dealership and they should just stand there waiting for you. Like all these people just on a line, you know, just intimidating people who don't even want to park now because you know how it used to be. Probably still like that. I don't know. It was worse then. And they were just all standing out there at night, right? And then as I'm pleading my case, trying to win their business back, which is horrible, the guy's on his cell phone and everything like that. And all he does is just shoes me off. He just shoes me off. Like, like, dude, like, leave, move, get out of here. And something snapped in me. I said, F you. Everybody's like, whoa. And I spit on the windshield. <laughs> I spit on the windshield. And his eyes got big, like, whoa. And then they pull off really quick. And I'm just going on a tirade. And I'm just yelling all types of things. And, and then, as you know, they get to the, the, the edge of the parking lot. And they stopped the car. And the door opened. I'm, so I'm, 
obviously later, I guess they were trying to switch to who was going to drive or maybe even clean the windshield. I don't know. So when that door opened, I started rushing the car. And I'm like, get out the mother. I'll, kick, I'll whoop your mother. All the Compton in me came out immediately. And I lost it. I felt so disrespectful. See, this is not a normal reaction. And I've had several like these. I used to get back in the days, we used to go fight in the back. I've had several issues with several different people at, at, at all levels of management and, and my own peers. But I would just go off. But because I was such a talented salesperson, they never got rid of me. Even at times when I, be, when I had to go to AA meetings because I would come in drunk, I would go in the back and get drunk in my car to go ahead and sell a car. They suspended me and sent me to AA. That allowed me to go back to church because my church had the AA program and so forth and so on. And now we are here. My point is, you have no idea what people have gone through or are going through. It took me to go through a traumatic episode in 2013, the anniversary of my brother's suicide, the anniversary where I had a mental breakdown and they had to put me in a 5150. And not until then, until I was clinically diagnosed and I had to get help and I was admitted for days did I get help. And it wasn't even then, they put me on medication, I stopped taking it. It was not until I had a daughter who was two or three years old at the time and I could not take care of her that day, I just laid in bed all day depressed. Did I then make a vow to start taking my medication? People, what you don't understand, you don't understand. You cannot make jokes, make fun of things that you do not understand. These people are dealing with things. They're battling demons. What you need to do is pray for them and help and hope they get the help that they need to get them to the other side. Because what you don't want to do is make these jokes and then days later you found out they committed suicide. Rest in peace, Robert Williams. Robin Williams. He was in his 60s and he still did it. He was battling demons his entire life. This is something I don't take lightly. These are things that I understand and most people simply just don't. I will not be one of those people who's going to continue to condemn them or even mock them or laugh at them. You don't, it's not about how much money you have. Because when I went through my demons, I had the most money I've ever had in my life. People say when you get money, it doesn't cure your problems. All it does is bring all of your attributes to the surface. It just heightens it. It illuminates it. So let's get out of that whole money discussion because when you never had it, you don't understand. Pray for these people and I wish them well. Until next time. Well, that's it this week, guys, for our summertime soapbox special. Now go out there and enjoy that nice, nice weather out there in this summertime. And we'll see y'all next time. Enjoy your summer, people.